You're listening to It's Complicated, doing business during coronavirus, a weekly podcast produced by Atlanta Business Chronicle. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Each week we'll bring you interviews, information, and insight to empower you during these extraordinary times. This week, ahead of Super Bowl Sunday, we talk sports and find out what's the pandemic play for the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame. It's not pretty, but we have a plan. We're working the plan and the plan is working. Definitely learn how to be flexible. Also, Atlanta sports franchises are forging ahead to bring fans back, and in some cases, using unusual tools to create a safe environment. You know, the Hawks definitely are interested in, you know, different procedures, you know, including drone sanitation and others that they can, you know, use for their own building. Before we get to all that, here are this week's top business headlines, three stories you need to know about. First, Atlanta's the nation's fourth fastest-growing metropolitan area. Mortgage giant Freddie Mac says in the past decade, the Atlanta region added 718,000 people. The study shows, in general, the suburbs are growing faster than cities. But Atlanta is expected to buck that trend moving forward, especially as companies and people look to move close to the Atlanta Beltline. Second, a new business is opening near the east side trail of the Atlanta Beltline. The Atlanta company behind the Painted Pin, a boutique bowling alley, plans to open the Painted Park in the space that previously housed the Brasserie and Neighborhood Cafe at Parrish. The Inman Park restaurant that most regulars just call Parrish closed last month after 12 years. Third, the coronavirus is wreaking havoc on the retail sector, with a few exceptions, including the PGA Tour Superstore. The Atlanta-based golf retailer plans to open six new stores this year, pushing its portfolio to 50 locations nationwide. It's been snapping up stores from retailers that have gone bankrupt. Think Toys R Us and Steinmart. You can read about all of those stories on our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. Like so many downtown attractions, the Chick-fil-A College Football Hall of Fame closed in March because of COVID. It reopened in July with protocols for sanitation, requiring guests to wear masks and, of course, keep their distance. I got a chance to speak with Kimberly Bowden, CEO of the Hall of Fame, and we started our conversation with lessons learned from reopening during the pandemic. When we closed, we were thinking, eh, two weeks, maybe by the end of the month we'll reevaluate, you know, maybe May. Yeah. I mean, it was mm-hmm. in, in, insane. And then, you know, not knowing when we did reopen, what that would look like. It certainly wasn't as grand as we'd hoped, right? But it was a step back and that you have to take it step by step. And that's the other thing I, I share with the staff. Listen, it's not pretty, but we have a plan. We're working the plan and the plan is working. Definitely learn how to be flexible. You know, pre-pandemic, the College Football Hall of Fame could sometimes be, you know, pretty pretty noisy with excitement, enthusiastic tourists. Um, what's it like now? What does it sound like? What's the traffic like? Yeah, the traffic has been steadily increasing, um, which we're we're excited to see. We are right now um, open just Thursday through Sunday. You know, people want to come down. People are looking for things to do. I would say we were very excited to see. Tons and tons of Cincinnati fans come out for the Peach Bowl, um, all social distanced. And, you know, we made sure that, you know, we monitored how many people were in the building at any given time. But that sure did feel kind of like old days with everybody so excited to be in town for a college football game. Um, with limited capacity, how do you stay engaged with, with fans? Can they enjoy uh, some of the experience online? We are still working on what an overall virtual tour of the experience looks like. And 
Um, so we have the modules with the, you know, here's the Goodyear experience or here's the Kia performance challenge. And then one of the things we're really excited about is we just um, debuted a new exhibit uh, called Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and it actually um, is telling the stories of trailblazers, both coaches and players, and the role they played in integrating college football. So you know, we want to find ways to push our experience out for folks who are interested in learning what we have going on here as much as we are entertaining the guests that, that come down. Whether it's um, for corporate events or for tourists, um, how concerned are you about whether or not these changes and how we gather will be permanent? I would be remiss if I wasn't, you know, keeping in tune and, and preparing for, you know, the chance that things don't go all the way back to where they were. Um, but we are very encouraged by what we're seeing in terms of conventions um, in the back half of the year that are booking and the same with events here in the building. Now, I think some things um, may change, but I think that, you know, as long as it is, you know, a sound health practice, people want to um, be able to get back together. What's going to be going on at the College Football Hall of Fame on Super Bowl Sunday? You know, we will be operating as normal. We will have all the, the pre-game festivities on our 36-foot uh, jumbotron, our, our high-def video board that's on our field. So it'll definitely have the vibe. You know, kickoff's at 6, we close at 5. So, we, you know, we won't be doing anything specifically around the game itself, but you'll definitely have the vibe in the building that it is Super Bowl Sunday. As for her pick for who will win the big game on Sunday, the Florida native says she's not going to bet against Tom Brady. Well, just like other industry sectors, sports franchises are trying to figure out the best and safest way to get players on the field or court and fans back in the stands. Well, there have been a lot of changes in recent months. Atlanta Business Chronicle sports business reporter Eric Jackson has been keeping an eye on all of them. I talked with him this week to get a status update. Luckily, here being in Atlanta, right, having TDC right next door, is it really is a big plus. I mean, you're getting information direct, right? And for the Hawks case, their partnership with Emory, I think that's a plus for them as far as, um, you know, the operation standpoint goes. But, you know, it's still touch and go, right? I mean, you know, the Falcons and United, you know, they had limited fans this year. And, you know, the Hawks just recently reopened. So we are getting slowly back to a sense of normalcy, though, slowly but surely. Now, the Hawks have been able to welcome fans back this season on a limited basis, and they've tapped one of their longtime sponsors, ShareCare, to help with that. How's that going? Yeah, so for sure. I mean, you know, it's interesting because, you know, ShareCare has been a sponsor for a while, right? A jersey sponsor. But now, it takes on a whole new meaning, right? And ShareCare, luckily, being, you know, a digital healthcare company, Safe Home Arena was the first, um, you know, U.S. sports venue to get their ShareCare's uh, sort of stamp of approval, you know, meeting, I think, over 100, uh, you know, different um, safety points and measures. So, you know, the Hawks definitely are interested in, you know, different procedures, you know, including drones, sanitation, and others that they can, you know, use for their own building. Now, I understand Atlanta may be in the running to host the NBA All-Star Game. Despite all the COVID restrictions, could the city still see a, a financial boost from hosting an event like this? There would be a small some economic value there, but not much, you know, considering, you know, it would be very scaled down. 
Um, there would be some value, but I, I wouldn't expect much. Now we can't not talk about the NFL and the Falcons as we're heading into Super Bowl weekend. Um, the Falcons have had a lot of changes here in the past couple of weeks. I wonder how much uh, you expect those changes in a new coach, uh, new GM to translate to changes on the field. People I've talked to around the league, I mean, it, it looks promising. It does. I mean, you know, Arthur Smith is the guru offensively, right? And then you pair him with, you know, Terry, you know, coming over from the Saints, a personnel savant. So, you know, those two, you know, the meeting of the minds, you know, uh, could really do well for the Falcons. Also, Eric, you know, we lost uh, a legend uh, in recent weeks in Hank Aaron. Um, what's the legacy you think he leaves uh, with regards to to business and being able to make that transition from sports to the business world? You know, he really set the way for athletes, you know, to transition into a business career afterwards, you know, because people just weren't doing it, you know, before. I mean, this is before, you know, Magic Johnson, all these others who, you know, who become successful, you know, he really paved the way, um, you know, even Hank, he didn't get his endorsements until later in his career, you know, he had to really, you know, carve out his own niche. And then once, once he left, I mean, he really started to build his business empire, you know, through, through restaurants. So he was big about giving raises and bonuses. I mean, he really did uh, value people. And, you know, he really took pride in watching his businesses grow. Because, you know, when a new store opened, I mean, he could hire 30 people and a general manager, right? It's like he loved impacting people. And um, he put a lot of people in power, you know, to help them and their families. Hank Aaron's legacy of helping others will continue. The Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball are giving $2 million to establish the Henry Louis Aaron Fund to increase diversity in baseball. Before we go, you may want to mark your calendar for our next virtual event. Atlanta Business Chronicle will host its Leaders in Corporate Citizenship Awards, honoring those who achieve social and corporate success. Uh, that event is on Thursday, February 18th. You can register and find out more information on our website, atlantabusinesschronicle.com. Just click on the Events tab. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of Atlanta Business Chronicles podcast. It's complicated doing business during coronavirus. Thanks for listening. I'm Crystal Edmondson. Stay safe, everybody.